0: Hey there everybody, this is Scott Grimes This is Mark Jackson This is Patrick Cox You know, Justin the Ogre
1: Hi, this is Jessica Zor This is BJ Tanner
0: we are tuned into the Planetary Union Network with your host, Lieutenant Commander Portis This is Joe Quickle. and I'm Michael May and this of course is Planetary Union Network the official Orville New Horizons podcast which i managed to get out in one take this time. Wow, impressive. <laughs> So um, I slacked off and, uh, and didn't get a fan guest so oops um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, with the show guests you know that's been kind of hit and miss because everybody's working so um but well, you know you never know we might end up with somebody uh that gets put into this uh cut into this episode later or we'll release a special guest episode or something so. Yeah. Uh, okay so this week we had from unknown graves which uh, apparently i was i was right on without having any spoilers that it would involve the Kalon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but uh No, so we go ahead and get into it.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Uh, So, kind of like last time, I'm not going to do like the scene by scene, but there's there's a lot going on in this episode. So we'll just kind of like go through kind of the A plot, the B plot. There's even a C plot um, in this one. We can just kind of like talk about them in chunks like that. Uh, So the A plot involves the Orville in orbit around an abandoned mining planet called Situla Four and more on why they're there in a minute when we get to the b plot but while they're there they discover an energy signal that shouldn't be there they go to investigate and they discover this doctor this alien doctor named vilka um who has reprogrammed a kalon to be able to feel emotion and empathy so we got the emotion chip for uh, for data now um
0: so that that kalon and yeah uh, are, are, i I'm wanting to believe and we don't I don't know if they I mean, other than they kind of allude to it a bit, but never outright say it. um, If that is, you know, K1, the one they keep.
1: Yeah, bouncing back to kept expecting that revelation um, and which never came about. So it could be, um, but they don't ever kind of put a pin on it and, and say, yes, that's that's who this is um yeah and i'll talk i'll mention in a second like what you're talking about because we're gonna we get flashbacks all throughout this this episode um but she's renamed this Kalon timis after her father and uh, she's able to convince the crew that timis is safe so vilka and timis accompany the crew back to the orville so that they can study her work and, and her hope is that Temis is could be a bridge to better relations with the Kalon. I'm not sure exactly kind of how she thinks that's gonna work, but um I think she believes that um being able to demonstrate that that the Kalon do have access to emotions uh with her kind of, you know, uh tinkering, I guess is probably not the best word for it, but um, she's able to kind of rewire them to uh, to be able to feel emotions um and that, that that will help things so um as you were just alluding to as the plot unfolds we get these flashbacks to the creation of the k lon uh and their suffering at the hands of the beings who made them and that's all kind of told through this this one k named k1 we see like the very first kind of cold open of the show is this family um, these kids being very excited that their dad's bringing home this thing, and they know what it is, but we don't know what it is uh, until he opens the door, and it's this huge box. And they open the box, and it's a Kalon. Um, and we just kind of see unfold as the as the episode progresses. The you know the, he's kind of part servant, kind of part plaything, um, and uh, he when he starts to kind of i'm gonna say gently question things like he just he kind of like he wants to be kind of conversational like he's you can tell that he's learning um and they don't really appreciate the fact that he's learning especially the parents um and uh as the flashbacks continue you find out that the, the company that created these things kind of like the the ceo knew this was going to happen um, knew that as the k-line machines continued to learn that they would become dissatisfied they would become curious in ways that would be detrimental to uh, the company and the profit margin and that people would kind of not really want these things anymore um so they invent um uh they basically uh provide an upgrade uh quote unquote which involves putting pain sensors into the k um and giving a remote to uh Um, to the owners so that they can you know basically torture or you know I don't know how would you describe it like
0: yeah um yeah torture (laughs) yeah no they use it they they begin using it as torture and torment yeah we we learned a lot of horrifying things this
1: episode (laughs) yeah for sure um like I mean you see like even like the kids start just playing with it like they're just they're just zapping k1 with it just because they think it's funny um and uh and eventually kind of these flashbacks kind of keep progressing they're kind of interspersed throughout the episode but as they go on you start you actually start to see like you know the uprising and everything so um yeah it's pretty dramatic and you and you you know we had this described to us before like with the k-line explained why they did what they did uh, but to actually see it unfold, um, you know, is was pretty powerful.
0: Yeah, and they were um, sort of uh, upgrading themselves as well. <laughs> right.
1: You know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the title of the episode comes from a Longfellow poem called "The Witnesses," and the poem is about slavery. And the last line of the poem goes, "These are the woes of slaves; they glare from the abyss, they cry from unknown graves. We are the witnesses." So there's your uh, your K-Lon connection there. Um, because of Thomas's presence on the ship, though, a couple of big things happen. So first, um, of course. Claire is very interested in this idea that the Kalon can have emotion, motion. Um, and she kind of wrestles with, <clears throat> excuse me. She kind of wrestles with whether or not to bring this up with Isaac. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember kind of how the timeline went here, but at some point it gets brought up to him and he just kind of dismisses it. He doesn't think it'll improve his efficiency to, uh, to have this procedure done on himself but Claire really wants it done. And she has a conversation with Kelly who convinces her that it's okay to ask somebody you love and who loves you to change or to do something for you just because you want it. Um, which I don't know. It, it, that sounds kind of controversial. I, I think I, and I end up agreeing with it. I, I know that I end up agreeing with it. Um, but it's kind of not the typical, um, I don't know. It's not not something typical that you would hear from, uh, you know, from a a movie or a TV production. Like we're we're so um, kind of anti ultimatums and anti asking people to change. Um, ultimatum is not the right word. She doesn't really give him an ultimatum. She just she just Kelly tells her that it's okay to ask him to do this mm-hmm. uh, and to do it because you you want him to do it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of like a, a different kind of idea but i don't think she's wrong.
0: Yeah and uh she was um one of the things that stood out to me uh as well was when she said that uh that, that it, it didn't even occur to you mm. um to uh, to Isaac about uh you know maybe maybe taking the uh the emotion um you know reconfiguration uh for, for more than just it being a you know enhancement to his ability on the crew uh-huh but
1: right right yeah i mean you know he just he doesn't see their relationship the same way that claire does like he has to kind of i don't know she has to reinterpret everything for him to kind of put it into his own language because he, he just he doesn't have he's not equipped to, to think about things and to feel things and to intuit things. Um, so, um, but she does ask him and he agrees and, uh, he temporarily receives emotions due to the procedure. Um, but, and there's a really, it's kind of a heartbreaking, but also there's this really touching scene where he surprises her on a date, like kind of with the emotion and he's able to express to her what he, feels and and how he felt lonely before she showed up for the date now he doesn't feel lonely anymore and and uh i don't know it's just really this beautiful kind of confession by him of everything that he feels about her and then part way through it the emotion like the enhancement basically shuts down um, yeah
0: so i don't know uh if you were thinking this but i was i was thinking this whenever he froze hmm. and uh i was i was almost expecting them to cut back to timus massacring
1: the dude shoot. i expected the other shooter drop the entire episode i was like <laughs> this this there's, there's more to this like this is not going to end well like this is going to be horrible um yeah, I totally, yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. I just uh I just knew that that timis was probably playing Volca that he was not as docile as he appeared to be. Um there was some kind of master, you know, Kaelon scheme at work here, but um yeah, but not it, that that's not what happens. Um So he uh so what ha- what was happened here is that um, since Isaac is a later generation Kalon than Timus, because Timus was one of the original Kalon created by the uh, the the beings, the species that created them, and, but Isaac was created by the Kalon, so he's he's kind of more advanced in some ways, and so his hardware isn't designed to accept the changes that Volka uh, was able to implement in Timna or Timus um but she figures out that she can force the change if she downgrades isaac's hardware but what that will mean is it'll wipe his memory out um and so he is still willing to do it for claire which i think is really cool and important because when he says that he's not saying it emotionally anymore he's Mm -hmm. he's making that decision you know as the old isaac as the, the the emotionless isaac but he's still has kind of Claire's best interest at heart. Um, but she is not willing to, as she says, like give up his mind so she can have his soul or his heart. Um, so she just, she doesn't want him to, to lose his memory, uh, just to, 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 to get this emotion back.
0: Yeah. At least they're not, uh, i mean totally different scenario but they're not doing the uh the 3po route there i, mean, I can't even tell how many times 3po has been mind wiped
1: right <laughs> yeah and and it's not like i kind of joked about the data's emotion chip earlier and it's not that simple it's you know i always thought that was a little bit goofy and in, in star trek and next generation where they could just like take this chip out put it back in turn it on turn it off and you know whereas this is like no once we do this it's done Mm -hmm. um and there's no going back which i just thought was much braver um and uh you know isaac ends up not doing it but i still i love the i like the idea that this procedure is out there it's kind of an, an an option which maybe he'll take at some point in the future maybe he won't but um but I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was cooler than just a a little chip as you could plug in. Um, but the other important development that demis's presence brings is that he's able to have a conversation with Charlie, um, which is a great conversation where he's able to apologize to her properly for all the pain that the Kalon brought. And not just apologize to her, but also provide her with some kind of context for why the Kalon did what they did. Um, and we talked in the first episode just about, cause in the first episode, Isaac apologizes to, um, to Charlie. And he also apologizes to, uh, I just lost the character's name, BJ Tanner's uh, character. Claire. Uh, yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: marcus okay marcus no it is yeah yeah it doesn't start with a k at all um yeah so he's, he tries to apologize to marcus he tries to apologize to claire claire uh charlie and uh but he's just not able to do it properly because he doesn't he doesn't feel any emotion about it he's not able to empathize with them He just basically like i apologize if i caused you any pain and it's like a little kid when you know the kid is forced to apologize and they go sorry and you know they don't mean it and that's kind of like how Mm -hmm. effective Isaac's apologies are in that first episode of the season, but Temis is able to do it. Like he's able to explain in emotional terms what the Kalon's creators did to them, which we've been seeing in flashbacks, the whole episode. Um, And he's also able to kind of communicate that he understands what they did to Charlie and people like her um, and to say that he's sorry for it. And that seems to help her. And um, so by the end of the episode, it's just really nice scene of this i think it's the last scene of the episode where isaac's working in engineering just kind of by himself doing something she comes in and just kind of offers to help him which is like unheard of for her and uh and at first he's just like nah thanks but no thanks you know i can do this way more efficiently <laughs> on my own than with you human um but then she ends up like apologizing to him for not understanding what the kalon had suffered um at the hands of their creators and uh so i don't know that just kind of changes things for them and, and at the end he he um he agrees to work with her anyways he says, yeah you know I, I, you can help and uh so the episode just kind of ends with them working together uh whatever it was that they're doing so you know it's not like they're not best buds or anything but um you know, progress has been made so her character arc is kind of um progressing a little bit
0: yeah i think um this episode will hopefully change some of the uh, charlie hater opinions
1: yeah i'd be curious that like i haven't i don't know like I, we had a couple of guests on that that didn't love her um and which is fair like i don't i don't know that Yeah, (laughs) she's kind of (laughs) hard to love. I I get that. Um, but I haven't really had a big conversation with anybody who just actually hates her. So um that would be really interesting to see kind of if if that reaction turns around for anybody. Um so that's all kind of the A plot. The B plot is about the reason that the Orville is around such a LaFor in the first place. Um and they're there to meet with a species of potential union allies called the Genisi. Uh, who are sort of like the anti mocklands it's not a perfect correlation <laughs> yeah. but uh cuz the mocklands are not just patriarchal but they're quote unquote all male um and uh they just they they deal with the opposite gender by eliminating them um yeah,
0: yeah. and this um the the B plot led to some of the funniest bordis one-liners
1: mm. Like what?
0: The um, <laughs> when they were talking, because uh, they're the uh, they're not as sing- they're not a single sex species like right. the Machlins. I mean, even though we know the Machlins aren't aren't single sex either, but mm-hmm. um, and uh, they well, he, he says something about how that's uh, how they uh, it would be. Uh, why they would want to uh uh ally themselves with uh with a culture like that. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> Everybody else on the room is kind of like <laughs> yeah, looking like, at like each oh, other. Yeah,
0: come on. <laughs> and um and then uh near the end of the B plot part when he says uh, he says they're terrible.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which was true. <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud at that one too. Um So, yeah, so this is like they they have men on their planet, but the males are subjugated as an inferior class. It's an extremely matriarchal culture. Um, And so to kind of coerce them into negotiating with the Union, Ed and Kelly come up with the worst plan in history. um, And they turn over command of the Orville to Kelly um and then ed kind of joins the rest of the male crew and pretending to be subservient to the female members so you have like tala pretending to be the first officer charlie's pretending to be the first engineer um and the reason i say that it's a terrible plan is because it works pretty well until it doesn't like at some point they're gonna have to like come clean about this and you know now that you've been lying to them like i don't know i just i never saw like how was this going to actually uh kind of transition into a workable relationship um and uh yeah so as soon yeah, as kelly tries to introduce the idea that men are valued members of the crew at the genesee grow suspicious and kelly has to admit the truth and they all get angry and storm out and uh which is you know kind of what i expected
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that, that the premise was uh, it was always gonna sort of backfire Right, but um, in the uh, um, the dinner scene, um, which you're talking about there, just before that, whenever they're talking about uh, (laughs) when she tries to claim Ed as
1: (laughs) right, (laughs)
0: And 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 Malloy's like, yeah, I'll do it. yes (laughs)
1: Right, yes <laughs> yeah she said uh one of the the ambassadors notices that ed has really soft hands She goes i like soft hands on a man <laughs> and uh i forget if she offers to buy him or you know just borrow him or whatever but
0: yeah like take on loan or something like yeah. that just for the night for the night just for good. the
1: night yeah and that's kind of where kelly draws the line and she's like okay no this is this is kind of how it is um so yeah it was all you know the, it's kind of like a rom-com plot where like the relationship's based on a lie and you know that at some point the truth is going to come out and it's going to be bad Um, and uh, so for a while like the the just don't want they're just we're out nope Um, but kelly is able to regain a foot in the door by admitting the story where you know her history with ed where she cheated on him um, but he still values her wisdom and, and brought her on as his first officer. And I'm not 100% sure, like, why this works, but it, it does end up impressing the Genesee enough that they kind of leave the door open for future diplomacy. So, um, well done, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess they they felt they had more in common than... or at least something in common.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um. So, I don't know. It was like... A, it's an interesting race like i would i would welcome like more episodes about these people um and and i'd <laughs> be really interesting to see them in the mocklands kind of at the negotiating table together yeah. and see how that would go <laughs> uh but i don't know i always i always enjoy stories about kind of matriarchal kind of amazon societies and um i think that's a it's a cool idea for a culture i just I, I would like to see it
0: Oh. yeah maybe maybe they have a um maybe the Genesee have a run-in or a, or some kind of interaction or introduction to the uh to the um the female mocklin uh, sanctuary mm, mm,
1: that would be interesting mm. yeah that would be really cool actually so yeah they're cool i, I like them i they're uh I, I hope we're not done with them um, and then the C plot is about John and Tala who got together in the previous episode. And we were kind of wondering then, like, okay, is, are they just blowing off steam? Is this actually going to go somewhere? And, um, they're trying to make it go somewhere between the two of them, but they're having a rough time of it because Tala keeps injuring John <laughs> with her super strength whenever they have sex.
0: <laughs> those those. That's a good way to put it. Rough time of it
1: yeah it is like yeah you'll, you'll see them like it's really it's pretty funny although it's like oh um they'll be under the covers and everything and they're just kind of like ooh, ooh, ooh and then you hear like this crack <laughs> john has broken a leg or a pelvis or <laughs> the very last one was the whole is hilarious because um you know they, they they're trying to make it work but it's it's clearly not and they ultimately agree agree to end it and that scene where they agreed to end it like it's a close up of Tala in bed she's crying and she's talking about how this isn't working and it's not going to work and then you kind of the camera pulls back until you can see John and his face is just a mass <laughs> of like puffy ugly bruises <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um, that
0: happened yeah. one of a couple of ways <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but now I am. <laughs> um, I did notice this episode was written by David A. Goodman, and um, mm. I, I kind of felt his presence in there. Like I, there was, um, there's a, it wasn't like a shocking difference from some of the episodes that Seth wrote, but I just, I don't know, I felt that it was like a little more humor kind of infusing this one, even in like these really horrible <laughs> situations that John was finding himself in. Um, the situation around that was humorous. How he dealt with it was humorous. How he he kept lying to Claire about like this really intense, uh, kind of uh, what do you call it? Some kind of like exercise program that he was running on the simulator, right. and it's like, oh, it's a really good workout. I gotta keep doing it. And she's like, no, man, you're killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: bro- broken broken arms, bruised rib, broken leg you know yeah
1: yeah um but yeah at at some point during the episode they both talk about how this is a real relationship to them they're not just blowing off steam as we speculated last time but they actually do truly care about each other um and i'm not sure like how like i don't know I, i don't feel like the episode does a whole lot to like help us to feel that um but And it feels like some time has passed since the last episode they've been doing this for a while trying to figure it out and they do actually really like each other um i mean and john talks about like you know john as we've seen him so far in the series has been kind of you know just not really committed to anybody um but he seems like he wants to be committed to tala but they just can't make it work um and somebody observes that John and Claire kind of have opposite problems, which I thought was pretty cool that Claire can have sex with Isaac, but not a relationship. Whereas John can have a relationship with Tala, but no sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, well, so what do you think about John and Tala? Are you shipping these guys or, uh, you- I, it
0: seems to be working. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, yeah, it definitely brings up an interesting perspective given, you know, the, uh, um, tall is, you know, super strength from mm-hmm. not being on Zalea. Um, but maybe they, you know, maybe they have to take, uh, take trips back to, uh, Zalea to <laughs> do that. I mean, it's like they're, it's like their are far or something.
1: <laughs> um, Was there an episode? I just now thought of this, but was there an episode in season one, um, where and I just lost the name. Who was the previous Solan? Who was the security chief? Yeah, Alara. Alara. Yeah. Was there something where, like, she was experiencing some?
0: Yep. Yeah, it was in uh, season two
1: though. Oh right, yeah. It
0: was part part way through season two.
1: Right before Um, she left.
0: mm -hmm, Yeah. she was on for that for the one episode and they brought her back. Uh, Robert Picardo plays her dad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But she she was had to wear something or do something. They did something in her quarters where it, they adjusted the gravity for her because the lower gravity was was messing with her. Mhm. Right. Um and uh but and she basically she lost her super strength because of that, right?
0: yeah i had hmm, I'm trying to remember exactly i know that something was going something was going on there that was that was causing an issue that was yeah. requiring her to to go back and stay on zalea at least for a while right i mean right. i don't know how I don't know if they ever specified how long but uh
1: yeah i'm just wondering i'm thinking out loud here but i was just wondering if there was something medically or scientifically that they could do to kind of help this situation that, uh, where they could uh, temporarily inhibit <laughs> Talas uh, strength kind of voluntarily, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's gotta be a way for these crazy kids to make this work, but, uh, yeah, surely
0: there is, there has <laughs> gotta be some kind of, uh, some kind of gravity, um, enhancement.
1: Yeah. But how do you, yeah. But like how do you do that? So that John's not also affected, because yeah,
0: yeah, because then he would be wearing a suit, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it seems hard, but, um uh, yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I, I I'm a little. I don't. Know, disappointed is too strong, but I just I I feel like they introduced this and then dismissed it so quickly. And I would I would love to spend more time with these guys. I would love to like get more invested in their relationship. And so I kind of hope we're not done with it. Um, but I don't know. It'd be interesting to see.
0: Um, yeah, I hope not too. I mean, they've, they've spent, um, they've spent a lot of time exploring Claire and Isaac's relationship that, yeah. uh, I mean, they, I know that, you know, we're writing to get, to, to make sure that things are wrapped up, effective or at least, close to wrapped up just in case there is no season four, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It, there, there's a couple there's been, there there've been a couple of just light references throughout a couple of episodes. And then this one was, I mean, I'm, you know, euphemism here, but balls to the wall. <laughs> and, right. um, yeah i i hope they don't uh it, it's i hope it's not like you know a flash in
1: the pan like that yeah right right um yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. i mean even if they like, they don't directly address that in the next few episodes before the end of the season you know uh, hopes springs eternal and shippers right so if we really want to imagine these two guys together then we can we can certainly do that
0: yeah and yeah you know, i've I've not heard of any uh change to the status of them continuing to put out comics and right there's right. also you know there yeah. there's a lot of different kind of media out there just in case uh we get delayed or not picked up so no. don't think it'll be the yeah you know, I just don't feel like the the season finale this this uh year will be. A, you know full actual finale of the orville there there will be more to come yeah it just feels like that
1: I mean, yeah i, I think know. so too. i don't know you for think, sure but it just yeah. feels that way i mean at least more comics but like mm-hmm. ideally season four please but uh yeah um i was just trying to check to see if john and tella have a ship name but uh, i'm not finding anything online somebody needs to create that
0: yeah. I'm somebody more creative than I am to come up with those things.
1: Yeah. Talamar.
0: Well, not
1: bad. <laughs> uh, but that's pretty much the episode. Um, I don't know anything else that you can think of that we didn't really touch on.
0: Um, okay. So one of the, one of the parts that really, uh, that really kind of cracked me up to start to begin with was whenever um, Malloy and, Ed and Ed were slept in the bags.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, they're uh, carrying the Genesee bags in there. <laughs> Having a hard time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and of course, you know, just just like all of us, we we can't make multiple trips. It has to be done in one for some reason.
1: Right, right.
0: Just like getting bags from the car at the grocery, yeah. yeah. It's...
1: <laughs> and they don't have any cool uh, like uh, hover platforms, like you know, w- wagons or something to to put this stuff on. But that would not be as funny.
0: Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, that that was some of the uh some of the season one style of humor kind of peeking its head
1: out out of the uh yeah yeah out there. I feel like that's Goodman's influence.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: But good episode, man. It, it was like there was a lot. Uh the Kalon stuff was really powerful. The Isaac um and uh and Claire stuff was powerful. Like we were saying earlier, I was so surprised that we made it to the end of the episode, and Timus hasn't turned murderer, (laughs) Um, but it seems to be genuine, and uh, and we've got you know a nice little moment between Charlie and Isaac at the end. Um, So good stuff.
0: Yeah, and and you know week to week, I'm wondering which emotion they're going to destroy us on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's been some some gut-wrenching moments in mm-hmm. <laughs> every episode the past four weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the K-line, like K-1, when he finally turns on the family, like I had such mixed emotions about that. It's like, Potter's like, yeah, man, they deserve it. The other part's like, oh, that's pretty horrific. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, it's just you can't treat beings that way.
0: Right. Yeah. With, when, when, uh, um, Temis was doing the, uh, the apology mm-hmm. and, um, was talking about that they, you know, they're sentient beings just like, you know, just, just like she is.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: uh, I was like, wow. I, I mean, you know, they, they think clearly i mean mechanically right. and things like that but they're talking about all these the you know some chemistry involved here and that timis is saying they're sent they're actually you know sentient so more yeah. like yeah i don't know it's just it, it just made it that much more horrifying
1: right yeah it's not just ai programming that can learn it's you know they have achieved sentience and and the that was such a chilling scene kind of in the office of like the CEO um, Mm -hmm. of the company that made them. And he's talking to, I forget what the woman's position was, but she was high up in the company and
0: yeah. Marketing, I think.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause he said, this is basically your problem to figure out how to make people accept this. Um, But he was like, clearly, yeah, this was always going to happen. Like we knew that this was going to happen if we built them this way Um, and we've prepared for it. And, you know, he is not bothered at all by, how horrible the the plan is that he's prepared for so um whereas um the the person in marketing is and he basically tells her i don't care (laughs) get an award it's your job to make it happen yeah so little little uh commentary on corporate greed and and uh you know lack of ethics and uh which you know seems timely today. Yeah, yeah episodes, there's yeah. a lot of relevant
0: things. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I forget there. There was one line in there. I, I think it was when the the CEO or of the uh, the company was talking about how um, <clears throat> the uh, you know, basically you know, people are stupid. Look at you know, just look at who they elected.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which that was such a weird little out of nowhere line I mean, it was clearly you know a commentary like a, a modern commentary um but uh it didn't really have a lot of meaning within the context of the episode because we don't we don't know what he's talking about there like right but, yeah but uh still yep
0: all right well That is that episode. And yeah, another, another one that just kind of pulls you all over the place. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We should put a call, call out to the, to the, to the Twitter verse Facebook people who uh, follow us and uh, see if they can come up with a clever, a clever ship name for, (laughs) for John and Tala.
1: Yeah.
0: No. And next week, um, the episode's Midnight Blue, and it has a runtime of an hour and twenty six minutes. Nice. So, so
1: feature feature movie,
0: feature movie, or at least feature movie. Ten years ago, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a feature that's been less than two and a half hours long in the past five years but yeah what well, would be traditionally a feature-length film so excited Mid- to see what that's about
1: yeah midnight bloom anything to you as a title uh, it's a Luke Ram song that's all that like the first thing I come up with is the song that I haven't heard probably since the 80s but I remember kind of the chorus of hit but um, I don't know if that's the reference or not
0: yeah I don't know Um I did, I did read the synopsis when I was looking at the runtime, but um, it doesn't, it doesn't really.
1: Yeah. We'll find out next week.
0: Yeah. There's got to be something there. There always is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm enjoying these episode titles.
0: Yeah, they've. I, 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 there's not been a. There's not been an episode titled so far that hasn't just been completely on point or. Yeah, so it's always some
1: kind of reference, and it's always very appropriate, uh, but also not immediately apparent. It's never on the nose.
0: Yep. So everyone can speculate what that means. Yeah. <laughs> all right uh hey i'm kind of enjoying you playing us out you want to go ahead and do it again um,
1: yeah i'll be glad to right. uh so if you're not already you can follow us on twitter at planetary underscore union on facebook we are at planetary union network just search for us there instagram is planetary union network and our website is planetary_union.net. net so uh follow us there uh get in touch with us tell us what you're uh what your ideal ship name is for John and Tala (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah, so I guess on behalf of Joe and myself, until next time Unk Smash!
0: Unk Smash or Tala Smash?
1: Tala, oh no (laughs) that's good too
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry everyone